0: Plus, special features and reports with the Family Life News team. Now, here's what's happening.
1: Good afternoon. We've got a winner of a Wednesday. Weather-wise, uncommon warmth will envelop the region again today, approaching near record highs. In some spots this afternoon, meteorologist Kevin Williams says our next chance of rain, not till the weekend. It stays mild right through the early part of next week, but by the middle part of next week. Some of us could be looking at snow. There's a new nominee for Speaker of the House. He's Louisiana Congressman Mike Johnson.
2: Democracy is messy sometimes, but it is our system. This conference that you see, this House Republican majority is united. Correspondent Skyler Henry.
3: Johnson won on the final ballot late Tuesday night, receiving 128 votes, defeating Florida's Byron Donalds.
2: We're going to restore your trust in what we do here. You're going to see a new form of government and we are going to move this quickly. Skyler Henry. Capitol Hill.
1: It is not a done deal yet for Mike Johnson. The full House must still vote. He needs 217 votes to win the job. Here's correspondent Nicole Killian.
0: Johnson was elected after House Republican Whip Tom Emmer couldn't secure enough support. Emmer was speaker-designate for about four hours before he withdrew from the race. Former President Trump called Emmer a rhino and said he would be a tragic mistake.
1: The House vote for Mike Johnson happens this afternoon on Capitol Hill. Now to the war raging in the Middle East.
3: Right now, there is no safe place in Gaza.
1: Israel continues to pound the living daylights out of Hamas targets in Gaza. Reporter Holly Williams.
3: The Israeli military says that they've already launched limited raids into Gaza to kill militants, but obviously something much bigger is expected, especially if you look at troops massed near the border with the Gaza Strip.
1: National Security Council spokesman John Kirby says any invasion will likely cause collateral damage
2: this is war it is combat it is bloody it is ugly and it's going to be messy and innocent civilians are going to be hurt
1: reporter richard engel says innocent civilians continue to be killed
0: the power is flickering and fading at hospitals in gaza as medical officials say generators are on their last drops of fuel The health system run by Hamas is in a state of collapse. Just as casualties are flooding in from hundreds of Israeli airstrikes, Israel says it's bombing Hamas fighters and leaders hiding in tunnels below apartment buildings schools and
3: hospitals.
1: 33 Americans have been killed in the war. 10 others are missing and are believed to be hostages of Hamas. Secretary of State Blinken spoke yesterday to the U.N. Security
2: Council. Where's the outrage? Where's the revulsion? Where's the rejection? Where's the explicit condemnation of these horrors? We must affirm the right of any nation to defend itself and to prevent such horror from repeating itself.
1: President Biden will have more to say on the war this afternoon during a joint news conference with the Prime Minister of Australia. He is dismissing talk of a ceasefire. Correspondent Ian Lee. The White House says a ceasefire right now would only benefit Hamas. Yesterday, more trucks filled with food, water and medicine flowed into Gaza from Egypt, but aid workers say fuel is what's most vital. Israel's ambassador to the UN calling for the resignation of Secretary General General Antonio Guterres, after he said the October 7th terror attack did not happen in a vacuum and that the Palestinian people have been subjected to 56 years of suffocating occupation. Anti-Israeli protests happening today on more than 100 college campuses in this country. It's part of a movement organized by the group Students for
3: Justice in Palestine. It's so disturbing to see the rise in the anti-Semitism in this country and just days after the world's greatest genocide since the Holocaust.
1: That's Jewish-American Bruce Pearl who is the head coach of the Auburn
3: University men's basketball team. It just goes to show you how deep the roots of anti-Semitism are. I don't know that any organization in the world is calling out for the death and the destruction of an entire race of people. When they chant from the river to the sea, what they mean is every Jew from the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea, 6 million Ironic in that number, they want debt. And all Israel has done for 75 years since its existence is simply defend itself.
1: Pearl's organized a charity event to benefit Israeli soldiers and children in the midst of the ongoing war. Hurricane Otis has blown up into a catastrophic Cat 5 storm as it slammed the southern Mexico coast near Acapulco this morning, a major tourist attraction. Forecasters predicting a nightmare scenario, flooding, mudslides and destructive winds for the states of Guerrero and Oaxaca. The United Auto Workers strike is expanding again. 5,000 employees walked off the job at an upscale SUV plant in Arlington, Texas. Auto Affairs expert Jeff Gilbert. GM's Arlington, Texas plant makes the company's big SUVs like Suburban, Tahoe, Yukon, and Cadillac Escalade. Analyst John
0: McElroy says big utilities mean big profits. it is the most profitable plant that General Motors has and in- fact, some people say it is the most profitable assembly plant in the world.
1: Nationwide, over 40,000 auto workers are on strike. The job action started in mid-September. There's another workers strike underway, and this one could deal a crushing blow to the U.S. supply chain. The
0: St. Lawrence Seaway, a crucial marine shipping route that links the Great Lakes to the Atlantic Ocean, has been shut down after nearly 400 union workers went on strike. They want better pay to keep up with the rising cost of
1: living. Correspondent Jim Christophe Sula, a couple of teams that lost a 100 games each a couple of years ago, will hook up in this year's World Series. Brian Anderson with TBS had the final out last night. Here it comes. Cave, a fly ball to right field, over his Carroll. He's got it! And the end All about that arizona stunned the baseball world with a 4-2 win over philadelphia in game seven of the nlcs the d-backs travel to texas friday for game one of the fall classic still to come on the noon report pastor burnout suing facebook and housing migrants
4: good afternoon i'm kevin williams we've got some warm
1: air in place across the region this week Next week, though, goes the other way. We'll have four Caster Tales up in 10. All right, see you then. Thanks, Kevin. Hundreds of pastors from across the Family Life area attended a Clergy Appreciation Month event yesterday at Network Studios in Bath, New York. The keynote speaker was Christian broadcaster Ron Hutchcraft, who admitted pastor burnout is a big problem.
3: The place to get things done is in the throne room of God, and sometimes they are so busy that there isn't much throne room time. And you start to wear out carrying burdens that are not yours to carry.
1: Hutchcraft says if parishioners really wanted to show their appreciation for their pastor, they'd roll up their sleeves and get involved in church ministry.
3: The pastor, if he's got to do the sermon, print the bulletin, and clean the john, really, it's just time for a whole lot more of us to step up and get out of the stands and get in the game and help lighten the load.
1: Nearly half of pastors under the age of 45 in this country say they're considering leaving full-time ministry due to burnout. New York City Mayor Eric Adams says all options remain on the table in finding shelter for the 110 illegal immigrants that have been bused to the Big Apple from the border since last spring.
3: Whatever space we could find, we're going to use and we want to do it as you, as humane as possible. The mayor not
1: ruling out erecting tents in city parks parks in the absence of more permanent housing solutions. He recently traveled to Latin America to encourage migrants, don't come here. A recent Siena College poll shows most New Yorkers are not impressed with the job President Biden is doing at the southern border. His
0: handling of the migrant influx, 29% of New Yorkers approve of the job that the Biden administration is doing. Nearly two-thirds, 64%, disapprove.
1: Pollster Steve Greenberg says New York's governor is in a similar boat when it comes to voter dissatisfaction.
0: They don't approve of the job that Governor Hochul is doing, that Mayor Adams is doing, that the Biden administration is doing to address it, but it is clearly a problem that voters want addressed by their leaders. Governor Hochul,
1: whose job approval rating has dipped to 45%, has extended a state of emergency through next month in response to the migrant crisis. The Buffalo Catholic Diocese Says it's willing to pay a hundred million dollars to survivors of priest sex abuse. The money would be used to settle lawsuits. Lawyers for some survivors say the diocese is attempting to buy the silence of sex abuse victims. New York and Pennsylvania have joined dozens of states in taking legal action against Meta, the parent company of Facebook. The AGs argue that Meta, which also oversees Instagram, knowingly
5: addicts kids. Meta knows that Instagram is, quote, addicting. They use that word, addicting internally. It's in their own
3: internal documents.
1: That's California's AG Rob Bonta. New York's Tish James says Meta is contributing to the youth mental health crisis. Pennsylvania's Attorney General Michelle Henry says the social media platform has violated consumer protection laws by subjecting young users to harmful manipulative and addictive content. Pennsylvania parents may soon be able to monitor what their kids are reading in school. Yesterday, the state senate passed a bill that would make parents aware of any sexually explicit content in their child's school and give them the ability to limit their access. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro says the executive order he signed last month on election reforms is having the intended result. The Automatic Voter Registration Act signs people up to vote whenever they renew or get a new driver's
0: license. My view on this, and I've said this many times, is I don't care how you register to vote. I don't care what your political viewpoint is. I just think our democracy is strengthened when more people participate.
1: We'll see in two weeks whether more voter registrations actually translates into more people voting. Pennsylvania House Republican leader Brian Cutler says it's too late to move the state's 2024 primary election forward and efforts to do so should end. Democrats who rule the roost in the lower chamber have voted to move the primary up in April. Cutler says to avoid the Jewish holiday of Passover, it should be moved back to May 7th. A New York is a suburb of Rochester and it's also overrun with deer. Seth Voorhees with Spectrum News tells us what A officials are doing about it. Few
4: towns have as many deer in such a populated and concentrated area as A With water on three sides of the town and the city of Rochester on the fourth, town officials say it creates problems. The deer that that are in this town have nowhere to go, so what they do is they reproduce. Which leads to concerns over Lyme disease, not to mention dozens of car deer accidents in the town each year. Oh, I see a lot of deer at night and unfortunately there's like a lot of motor vehicle accidents. Since 1996, Arondicoit has run a program each fall to control the deer population. Bow hunters are allowed to go in and hunt town properties or properties where
1: owners agreed to allow hunting. Irondequoit's bow hunting program runs from now through early December. 80 to 90 bow hunters uh, have signed up to take part in that deer hunt. Deer car collisions are on the rise in New York. AAA says there were over 36,000 accidents last year caused by those animals. Mike Wilsuko with the state DEC says it's mating season and that makes
5: the deer jumpy. During these breeding periods animals are moving around finding mates. Bucks, adult male deer will increase their home range size by up to three or four times, and so they're covering a lot more space in search of finding their mates. Deer are most active from October
1: through early December and are most likely to collide with your car at dusk or dawn. Legislation is in the works in Pennsylvania to improve reading skills for students in kindergarten through third grade. Nearly half of third graders in the Commonwealth are not reading at grade level. The Senate bill tasks the Pennsylvania Education Department with establishing structured literacy courses in the Commonwealth. Bottle and can redemption centers in New York say they'll be forced to shut down soon if lawmakers don't act. Struggling redemption centers are pleading with
5: lawmakers to increase the handling fee the portion of the deposit centers get after years of rising costs and legislative inaction. Lawmakers say reviewing a proposed bottle bill is a priority for the next session. It would raise the deposit from five to ten cents, increasing state revenue and nearly doubling handling fees and would expand recycling to include things like glass liquor and wine bottles and juice containers that did not exist when the law was first enacted. Jeremy Miller, Family Life News.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. Students in the Orchard Park, New York School District are getting a half day on Thursday because the Buffalo Bills are playing that night against Tampa Bay. The Bills will host the Bucks at Highmark Stadium, and the half day is all about easing traffic congestion. That's why they're letting kids out early. Another half day is set for monday november 13th when the bills host the denver broncos let's talk more sports next on the family life noon report
0: Good afternoon. I'm Randy Snadley. Bob, who would have thunk it? Just a few days ago, it seemed like we were going to have a repeat of last year's World Series, but neither one of last year's participants, despite having 3-2 leads in their respective league championship series and going home for their final games, could close the door. We already knew the Astros were sent home by the Texas Rangers. Last night it was the Arizona Diamondbacks who sent the Philadelphia Phillies packing. Rookie Corbin Carroll had three hits and drove in two of the D-backs four runs. Arizona got to be playing in the fall classic for the first time since 2001 after beating the Phillies four to two. The Houston Astros will have a new manager next season. Dusty Baker managed on a one-year contract this past year. He's told the team he is stepping down From that position. And the San Francisco Giants have lured former Padres manager Bob Melvin to the Bay Area. He will skipper the Giants next season. On the ice, Jeff Skinner and Tage Thompson both scored twice to lead Buffalo to a 6-4 win over Ottawa. The Sabres were up 5-1 after two and held on for the victory. The Rangers scored three times in the second period. Alexis Lafreniere, Chris Kreider, and Eric Gustafson all lit the lamp to lead New York past Calgary 3-1. The Penguins lost their third in a row, 4-1 to the Stars. Flyers fell to Vegas 3-2, and the Islanders dropped a 7-4 decision to Colorado and the NBA season got underway last night with two games. The Lakers fell to Denver 119 to 107 and the Suns knocked off the Golden State Warriors 108 to 104. That is a
1: look at sports. Thank you, Randy, man. Still to come on the Noon Report, we have a speaker maybe enjoy the warmth while it lasts
2: and u.s college kids protest israel welcome to breakpoint a daily look at an ever-changing culture through the lens of unchanging truth for the colson center i'm john stone street A rarely stated but widely assumed myth of our information age is that access to information is the same thing as knowledge, or even worse, the same thing as wisdom. Another one is that time not spent accessing information is wasted, maybe even immorally so. Perhaps this explains, at least in part, the extent to which people go in order to avoid boredom today. On the other hand, the endless pursuit of feeling productive, or at least informed, is not satisfying. And in a new book called Why Boredom Matters, Professor Kevin Hood-Gary proposes a solution to the problem, which he summarizes in the subtitle of the book. Quote, Education, Leisure, and the Quest for a Meaningful Life. Today, that word leisure carries connotations of wealth and laziness, which makes it difficult for Christians to defend it. However, since the early modern era, leisure has referred to the pursuit of curiosity for curiosity's sake. German philosopher Joseph Piper called leisure the basis of culture, defining it as everything that lies beyond the utilitarian world. In other words, to engage in leisure is to have the energy and the will to learn about the world, even when that learning isn't necessary for survival or wealth or grades. Strictly utilitarian societies Can be productive and efficient But in the end are unsustainable The communist experiment of the Soviet Union Is an example of what happens when a society Is built upon this wrong understanding Of the human person When creativity and imagination are suppressed And individuality rejected The result is widespread dehumanization Still, throughout human history And even under brutal regimes Humans have always found the will and the means to engage in leisure One of my favorite paintings is by Russian artist Nikolai Yeroshenko. It's called Life is a everywhere. In it, three men, a woman and a baby, are crammed into a prison car but are looking out through the bars of their window watching, amused, the fevered activities of a group of birds on the ground outside. The child is smiling in wonder. You see, even in war-torn countries and in the poorest slums, there are people making beautiful things, inventing games and stories, imagining a world that's different than what they know. That's because leisure is an unsuppressible part of being human, made in God's image. In most of the Western world, people have all the means and the opportunities to pursue classical leisure, but instead choose distraction. And, lacking in motivation to go any deeper, the only suggestion, according to Kevin Hood-Gary, is education. He doesn't mean institutional higher education as it is currently. Fortunately, that's also built around a utilitarian approach. A truly meaningful education instead capitalizes on this God-given capacity we have for leisure and includes the study of a broad survey of subjects, including those that seem to have nothing whatsoever to do with getting a job. And often it's these subjects that are assumed to be irrelevant that are the most consequential. After all, do we really want geneticists who are capable of splicing genes and rewriting our DNA to have never taken an ethics class? Do we want elementary teachers who are versed in all the social-emotional learning theories of second graders but don't know even the basics of the history of Western civilization? Education should be an antidote to boredom because it should teach us how to wrestle with big questions, including the ultimate questions that boredom brings up. Like who am I? Why am I here? What is life for? Am I living well? What should I love? Philosophers call these the ultimate questions, and Christians know that the source of these questions is God Himself, and that bearing God's image makes our lives inherently meaningful. To learn about god's world whether it's through history or art or philosophy or mathematics or science or literature is to learn ultimately about god and that's always beneficial even if it accomplishes nothing more than giving us a wider glimpse into his glorious creativity for the colson center i'm john Stone Street with breakpoint for more resources to live like a christian today go to breakpoint.org outside we go next kevin williams
4: here is your family life weather forecast. A warm afternoon. Clouds, partial sun for some. High temperatures, upper uh, 60s and low 70s. Tonight and tomorrow, lots of clouds, maybe a shower. 50s tonight, upper 60s to mid-70s tomorrow. And on Friday, rather cloudy, mild
1: to shower. High temps in the lower 70s. All right, Kevin, thank you. This is the Noon Report. I'm Bob Price. Lots going on Wednesday, the 25th of October. Political whiplash in Washington, where congressional Republicans are on their fourth nominee for house speaker this guy's name mike johnson from louisiana this
0: group here
2: is ready to govern and we're going to govern well we're going to do what's right by the people
1: so who is mike johnson anyway correspondent scott mcfarland a former talk
2: radio host he's an attorney specializing in constitutional law voted to decertify the 2020 elections and that could be a pivotal vote because yesterday just four hours after winning the nomination minnesota's tom emmer quit the race some of his republican colleagues told cbs news they just couldn't back emmer because he voted to certify president biden's win in 2020 also former president trump had a social media post about Emmer yesterday blasting him calling him a rhino Republican
1: in name only. Congressman Johnson is confident, despite recent setbacks, he can get that magic number of 217 votes necessary to win the battle for the gavel. The House will try again this afternoon to seat a new speaker. Powerful Hurricane Otis has slammed into Mexico's southern coast near Acapulco. The catastrophic Cat 5 storm expected to dump a foot of rain on the region. Forecasters warning of a nightmare scenario of wind, flooding, and mud slides in the states of Guerrero and Oaxaca. 44-year-old Joseph Emerson, the off-duty pilot accused of trying to crash a commercial jetliner mid-flight, that guy has just pled not guilty to 83 counts of attempted
2: murder. Emerson told police he was having a nervous breakdown, hadn't slept in 40 hours, was battling depression, and had consumed, quote, magic mushrooms two days earlier. While in the back of the plane, court documents say Emerson asked to be handcuffed, but then tried to open an
1: emergency exit door. Chris Van Cleef reporting. The war in the Middle East is hitting close to home. 33 Americans among the dead. 10 are also missing and fear to be hostages of Hamas. Correspondent Stephanie Goss. It's
5: day 19 in captivity for the more than 200 people being held by Hamas, and only four have been released. Very little is known about the condition of the rest. Reporter
1: Trey Yanks... Has the latest on the Israeli aerial assault on terror targets.
0: Overnight, the Israelis continued their airstrikes against targets along the Gaza Strip, trying to take out as many Hamas commanders as possible, understanding that Gaza is not the real threat. It's the north they're worried about. They're worried about the precision-guided missiles that have been smuggled from Iran into Lebanon, into the southern part of that country, and are currently being aimed at Israel by the Lebanese militant group Hezbollah. And we're talking about Hundreds of thousands of missiles.
1: Yesterday was the deadliest day in Gaza since the war began. More than a third of the hospitals there have stopped working. The White House says a ceasefire is the wrong move. National Security Advisor John Kirby. Right now,
5: we believe a ceasefire benefits Hamas.
1: President Biden will have more to say about the war during a joint news conference this afternoon with the Prime Minister of Australia. Students across the country staging anti-Israel walkouts today. It's part of a movement organized by the group Students for Justice in Palestine. The campaign is supported by several groups demanding the White House stop supporting Israel. Those walkouts are happening at more than 100 colleges nationwide. One of college basketball's top coaches is doing what he can to support Israel. Bruce Pearl at the University of Auburn organized a charity event to send emergency aid to Israeli children and soldiers. It just breaks my heart
3: to see students across our country protesting against Israel after they saw the genocide. I love this country and uh, I'm grateful for its support Uh, as an American Jewish college basketball coach. We have Jewish students on campus that are scared.
1: We're talking more about the war next at noon with Professor Michael Alipredi at Westminster College in Western Pennsylvania. He spoke recently to our own Greg Gillespie. Are there parallels or lessons to be learned between what's just begun in the Middle East and what's been going on for a year and a half between Russia and Ukraine?
5: There's some. The thing about the Middle East situation is so different is that the the geography and space are so, so different in the two conflicts. I just don't think Americans especially have a real understanding about how close these territories are in the Middle East. So for example, I I was on Google Maps yesterday. We have a college up in the north of Israel that we work with, Western Galilee College, and it's only a two and a half hour drive from Gaza to there. And they're on the other end of the country. They're like near the Lebanese border all of those people are just compressed in a really small space you don't have that in europe ukraine is is a is a huge geographically a huge country i think where the parallel is that you have actors and i would say authoritarian governments and governments that are hostile to the united states who have perceived an opportunity to try to push the Western countries to the United States, its its democratic allies in Europe and in Israel. Their idea is that the United States won't stick it out. Vladimir Putin, he said the war in Ukraine will be over as soon as the Western aid basically dries up. So the authoritarian hostile groups that are hostile to the United States and its allies think that they can just simply outlast the United States. And so it's incumbent on us right, to say, no, that we're going to, you know, we will, we will stick it out with our friends. And so I, I do think where there's a parallel hill. Now, obviously, we're all shocked like we were last February when Russia invaded Ukraine. We we're shocked by the violence and the brazenness of the attack. And we're rallying, uh, you know, the population is rallying around Israel now. But then what happens in a year, a year and a half
1: Dr. Michael Alaparetti teaches global studies and political science at Westminster College in Western Pennsylvania. What are the dangers of America
5: losing interest or having compassion fatigue? I mean, I think the fundamental problem that Americans have is that the two oceans, right? Like we, there's a false sense of safety. What happens in places like the Middle East and what happens in Eastern Europe have direct implications for our well-being and for the nature of the world that we live in. And if you live through 9-11, you realize that, right? Uh, or if you were even older and you lived through the Cold War, you realize that interconnection. But we've, we've lived in a, a bubble of safety that is, I think, somewhat false. And so, we don't have a real sense of the consequences to ourselves, let alone the consequences to other people. What's going to happen in Gaza in the next few weeks is going to be an incredible human tragedy. There are more than 2 million people in that small space. Hamas is interspersed among the civilian population. And I, th- I think a majority or near a majority of that population is under the age of 18. So you basically, you've got one of the most densely populated places on the planet that is going to be essentially bombed and invaded by the Israelis for not necessarily bad reasons, but there's going to be a, a huge amount of human suffering. We're going to go on with our daily lives as a, you know, and and just last week uh, a bunch uh, you know there was an attack in Ukraine and a, a large you know a Russian missile attack and a large number of civilians were killed, and you know we're going to just go on with our lives and our lives will be fine, but these things are happening. And we have to be aware of them.
1: I'd like to talk about reactions and the protests in the United States. What is happening with anti-Semitic, anti-Jewish sentiment in America? And are there important distinctions to be
0: made there too?
5: There has been a rise of anti-Semitic violence on both the left and the right in the past four or five years in the United States. It was interesting. I think AOC herself had a. the Democratic Socialists in New York protested and AOC had to come out and condemn the protest. You're going to start to see people taking positions that are tricky or you might be out of line. I I think it's important for the leaders on both sides in the United States to try to present as far as possible a kind of unified front on this about what the acceptable position should be, like the support for Israel. And we should be supporting Israel Uh, We should not be tolerant uh, or allowing anti-semitic groups to use the conflict here to stoke anti-semitism in the United States. That is Dr.
1: Michael Alaprati at Westminster College in New Wilmington, Pennsylvania. This is the Noon Report on Family Life. Good afternoon.
4: Here is your Family Life regional weather forecast. Our regional continue to be bathed in balmy air the rest of the work week with nothing more than a shower here and there. Rainfall chances increase with the approach of a front Sunday-Monday. Behind the front, much chillier air arrives next week. Could the first flakes of the season be be seen for some next week? Well, they could, we'll keep you posted. In the meantime, a warm afternoon. Clouds, partial sun for some. High temperatures, upper uh, 60s and low 70s. Tonight and tomorrow, lots of clouds, maybe a shower. 50s tonight, upper 60s to mid 70s tomorrow.
1: And on Friday, rather cloudy, mild, a shower. High temps in the lower 70s. Okay, Kevin, thank you. And finally, at noon today, two men from Wisconsin have found a treasure from the past and the future. Family Life's Brian Query explains.
5: Back to the Future has been a family-favorite film franchise for decades, so much that the car used for the time machine can resell for up to six figures. And a new find in a barn in Wisconsin is proving to be quite the past and future treasure. Michael McElhatton and his social media partner Kevin Thomas stumbled upon a 1981 DeLorean with only 977 miles on its odometer. Right, Scott! This model was manufactured for just three years, from 1981 to 1983. That, combined with its ultra-low mileage and having all of its original parts, made it a must-have for McElhatton, making it literally like a time machine from 1981. The two men plan to restore the car and get it back on the road, and soon enough, it'll be driving again, maybe even to the future. Hmm. Brian Query, Family Life News. Love
1: it. Thank you, Brian. That was a great movie, too. And that's The World We Live In, Wednesday, the 25th of October. I'm Bob Price. Family Life News.
0: You've been listening to The Noon Report. Heard weekdays on Family Life. Thank you for listening.